What is up, wrestling fans? Your host of the most, George McKay. I'm in the building. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm here with the panel. You know them. I'll let them introduce themselves. Steve Animal Mitchell, everyone. And Michelle Russo, <laughs> the voice of reason. I pointed my hand signal completely wrong. I usually go to Steve <laughs> first, but I wanted to switch it up today. Uh, George is in a silly, awesome mood today. Yeah, I love right? it. Wonderful. You, you just, just made, made the list. list. <laughs> <laughs> Put myself on the list for that one. Yes, today I am in a fantastic mood. Today we're just going to have some fun. We're not going to dig into new storylines, old storylines. We're not going to dig into rivalries where we see things going. We're not going to dig into Shinsuke Nakamura getting bit by a dog. We're not doing any of that. (laughs) Today we are straight up doing promo greatness. The panel has come together collectively to pick our all-time favorites and all-time least favorite promos. And we've got some real juicy ones. This one's going to have a lot of uh, copyrighted audio. So Vince McMahon, come at us. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, don't forget, if you are listening to us live on Spreaker, we have the chat open. Please hit us up with your questions, comments, even your opinions. Let us know what your favorite or least favorite promos of all time are. And first and foremost, I'm going to hand it to the man with the plan, my cohort in crime. Steve Daniel Mitchell is going to kick it off. Steve, what's the tidbits there? What we got? What's the haps? What's the haps, man? Sam Roberts would would say. Yeah, Um, let's make sure it's good or else this may happen. Okay, well, um... My, My tag team vision is full, but I hear <laughs> the TNA is hiring. Sam Roberts. Not not pointing any fingers, Michelle, but you got to step your game up today because if I don't appreciate what you've selected, then you might get, I might have to send you to TNA. You <laughs> might have to do it. Okay. You might have okay, to go cool. to TNA. You know I hear I would, they're I hiring. I wouldn't mind having my Wednesdays back. <sighs> I knew it. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. It's for you to get out of here. I already put myself on the list. I completely screwed up the head signals. I went like this. It's like the Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. It's totally dirt. Just flopping everywhere. All right, Steve, go ahead. Lay it down. What's, what are we going with first? Your worst or your uh, your best? I'm uh, going to go with the best. Um, right. And in, in, in retrospect, really, um, the worst is technically also the best, but at the, for, for unbelievably comedic reasons and on all fronts and every way on those. But uh, for best promo, um, I, I got to go with, and this is a, this is a real toss-up because I was really playing around with this one of which one I should Yeah, pick. I think we all had a hard time because there's so many great ones. Yeah, yeah, it's like really how do you just pick one? Like you the know bad I mean? ones are but, easy, right? Because they stand out because you remember them as being such garbage. And there's but one. The good ones. Yeah. I like, noticed with everyone, there's always that one that's just like, man, this is the worst thing I ever heard in my life. Yeah. And just like, they know right away which one they're going to go to. Well, when that promo and, comes up, that's when you either went to fill your beer, maybe you went to the bathroom, maybe you grabbed a smoke, maybe you decided that you're just not going to watch wrestling that night because that promo completely twiddled your off. thumbs. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, More often than not, it's the worst promo when you hear it and it's just like, oh, that was the era of wrestling I never watched. That's why I never watched it. <laughs> but in this case, with the best one, um, had to go with Steve Austin, my man, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, from March twenty second, nineteen ninety nine edition of Monday Night Raw. Um, this is just six days before WrestleMania WrestleMania fifteen. Uh, Steve, he comes out and cuts alongside. Um, this was the, the one that I really wanted to do. Also, was the from the ninety six King of the Ring of the infamous The Birth of Austin three sixteen, which ironically enough, on June twenty third, that was actually uh, twenty two years ago. That that promo became like the promo of Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, but uh, b- besides that one, that has to be my favorite Stone Cold promo of all time. And uh, since I could only pick the one, it had to be the beer truck. <laughs> um, one of the one of the most, uh, and uh, not not only just the the pop, but uh, the the fact that no one else got a pop like the way Austin did back then for any of his promos. And nor have I ever heard anybody get a pop like Steve since then. Yeah, yeah. once you heard that broken glass, it was game over. As yeah. a fan, you were like, yeah. Yeah, you just couldn't it's wait. It's going to, down. Not only did watch him kick people's ass, but you couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say next. And uh, in this case, I'm just going to kind of set the tone here. So um, uh, you got Vince, you got Shane, and you got Rock. And uh, Rock Vince, and a Versace shirt. Okay? Yes, Make Rock sure and a very awesome Shane. Versace shirt. Versace. He's the champ at this time, and uh, this is when he was he was currently in a little kerfuffle with Mick Foley. So uh, Vince, he was interviewing Rock and just asking him, "So what are you gonna do when you what are you gonna do, pal, when you face Mick Foley next?" And and we're off and running. So that pretty much sets the tone. And then Austin inter- comes out and interrupts, and it's glorious. Kick it off. <laughs> Damn it. 
sure Shawn Michaels is having his little fun in San Antonio, Texas, the commissioner. That's all right. But you won't mind one more time taking mankind apart, will you? Matter of fact, The Rock will lay the smackdown on his candy ass. Yes. Much yes. similar to the Greenwich Street fight that we're going to see in Albany, New York. Check it out. <laughs> ensues and such is one of the actually was crowned the most iconic moment in raw history on the previous raw 25 they got yes. it down top 100 and this was number one not really a surprise i do think there were some that were the top five could have flip-flopped any which way yeah. but this one definitely i mean if you were an attitude era fan this was the clip the moment you literally remember the most next to i will say jericho's uh, appearance the first time Jericho rolls into yes. Raw because that was also a great back and forth and I would say a strong third is the this is your life rock yeah, yeah. that is also <laughs> classic yeah that is definitely the rock and saw connection oh I would Thank love to you see guys those guys for come going back together. way over time to entertain us yeah <laughs> that was a time when the Monday Night Wars really brought out the best and everything and that's where as a fan you just got to soak it up it sucks because yeah. I got I got my eight-year-old she's into it she won't experience this kind of stuff. But even now as a parent, I don't know if I want her to right? experience all of this. <laughs> but most of it, I would let her. We've let her watch a couple Attitude Era Raws just to get their feet wet. But there's some stuff I forgot, like the sable handprints on the boobs and yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of crazy a stuff. Perry Saturn yeah. with the mom. The fully loaded yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. The time where nothing was off the table. So, uh, Steve, I mean, that's... That's a that's a gold mine pick. I mean, 
And you've always been a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, but out of all the great promos that he cut, all the cool stuff he got. That was life, the coolest, man. That, why did that one resonate with you so much? <laughs> you know what? It was terrifying how much he just made you believe how, how Steve Austin, when he got that character, and it was just something about everything that came out of ECW and all the promos that he did for ECW. Because it was Credit actually Paul Heyman. Really Credit to Paul through. Heyman, because he really brought out the best in him. He did, and he was the guy that really brought that Stone Cold Steve Austin, that killer character, out of him, and that stone cold killer that was about to ensue and be unleashed upon the WWF and what became of what culminated I feel like with that promo because I feel like that was probably Steve's best work when it came to how intense and it was all because of in that time period if you go back to interviews with him and Rock it was so intense it was like they really had real life heat of they were the top baby faces they were the top, they were the top dogs of the top heel and the top baby face that really wanted to be the top guys and only one of them could could hold that title but to them it really actually meant something that they wanted to be that top guy and you could really tell that when you when just Austin just pulls out lines like take your little glasses off and look into my eyes and I'm going to tell you this right now and all this and just like this super intense dude that like you know for sure that when that bell rings at WrestleMania 15 Regardless of how crap tacular the other card, the rest of the card was, you know for you knew for a fact that well, that's the match that sold the house out. Yeah, it was the match that sold the house out because everybody and their mother could not wait to see what Steve Austin really was going to do to Rock and 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 really see how how cool of the match that they were going to hold because it was just that intense between the two of them all the time. So that's really what stuck out to me of just like why Steve's best work was really when he worked with Rock and even both of them would say the same thing. They're like, we just brought naturally out the best, the best in each other. Cause it was just so much fun to work together, but also it was way more fun for them to have that competitive one up, one upsmanship in every regard of just trying to be the best at promos and trying to kick the most ass in the ring. And so, yeah, that's why it's my favorite. It was a good time. Michelle, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, if I could sum it up into one word, like st- you were like six when that came out, right? When that clip happened, seven. Yeah. <laughs> Memorable. Legitimately. I do remember that happening. Huge Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, huge rock fan, but you always let like lean towards. Stone you know who stole you know the show for me in that one though was I mean the promo was excellent. The promo was on par. He got the pops. The crowd sharped. The crowd you know high low when they needed to be. But what stood out to me for the most was the stuff you didn't hear. All the shit talking coming yeah, from the Rock yeah. in the ring. The body language. The overabundance of Shane, the Rock, and. Uh, Vince. Oh yeah, and just that's what a super. That's offend, what over. Like that's what oversold it. What you're saying to yeah. me right now, like, dude, stop talking right now because I'm gonna come up there and just. Yeah. It was this really cool, like, oh my god, they're gonna kick each other's ass on Sunday night, and that's what sometimes makes the best promo. It's not so much the guy speaking in the mic, but it's the reactions. Yeah, the other guy gives, yes. and that's why they were at that time untouchable. What do you got for your worst? Are we setting this up? Are we are we, oh, are we setting this up, or do I just play it? Yeah, no, 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 this needs a setup. All right, <laughs> so this is this is the animals. This is the animals' worst of the worst. Out of all the stuff that we sift through and sift through in the archives, when all of us looked at this, and even like we we tried to go with old and new, but you really you had to go old with this one because just. The amount of garbage that'll be spewed yeah. in the next four minutes, <laughs> and yep. a lot of people. I hope that we don't lose some listeners. This was how God. Yeah, this, right. this ladies and gentlemen, is the absolute <laughs> benchmark and standard of what the WCW was in the year two thousand, year nineteen ninety nine, pretty much within that nineteen ninety nine two thousand. Really awesome Vince Russo 2001 train wreck period of just holy crap. When everything was going downhill and dad just plummeting, plummeting. Oh, yeah. Set the stage, my man. Set the stage. All due to the fact of it being the worst period ever in the history of WCW because this was the time that they made the amazing Scott Steiner as their top dude. This was from Monday Nitro on November 20th, 2000. Scott Steiner comes out to cut this unbelievable masterpiece Shitting on Goldberg, Ric Flair, Booker T, Sting, and White Trash six days before winning the WCW World Heavyweight title at Mayhem. This is by far my favorite Scott Steiner promo of all time. Um, You could pretty much pick almost all of them because what a fumbling, bumbling idiot. You almost want to go with like everybody's go-to is the math one. And that's, that's, that's mine is, is, is Scott Steiner. The math one is legendary. I was right on the fence with the math one. I was, I was. Yeah. I was just so on the fence of just like, okay, so what big pop a pump 
am I gonna like holla if you hear me? Like I'm, oh my god, I just I can't, I couldn't wait to I gotta figure get that out sound which bite. one I, I was going to go with out of all of this. But when I went back and I really dissected this one for what it was, and it's it's just Scott Steiner's most unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable uh, masterpiece of just the most comedic genius I've ever heard come out of this guy. So he's got, um, just set the tone, he's got a box of tissues. He's coming out basically um, thinking that he's king shit right now because I know he's just in the back going, okay, I got a prop. <laughs> I got my... I got my box of tissues. <laughs> I'm dying here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go out there and give the most Maddie Damon Oscar award-winning performance of my life, and then just cut the rest of just what is the most unbelievable thing I've ever heard come out of Scott Steiner's mouth. Game yeah. on. And here we go. I hope the anglomatic glasses have worked. Doesn't look like it. It's in pencil space. That's a good thing. Is. I want Steiner nuts. He's an excitable boy. When he's nuts, he's in his best. Excitable boy. Boy, gotcha. What an understatement. Like Warren Zevon reference over there, sport. Sting. What's he? Sting. Uh, that's Kleenex. It's a Kleenex box. What's he? Sting. He's, he's tearing up about. Well, maybe he's working through his anger, Scott. Maybe it's worked. Working through a bunch of things. Trevani's right. I think it's worked. Uh, Sting! I would like to say I'm sorry if I was, but I gave you fair warning that when you faced me, I was going to hurt you. See, I seen you shaking your shoes in the shadows, and I gave you fair warning to walk away. Because you are no match for the genetic freak. I seen you trembling in your boots, and I gave you fair warning to walk away. Because yeah, you are no that. match for the warning. man with the lowest of the world. He's been giving him a lot of fair warning. But would you do Sting? You listen to the cheers of the fans, and look where it got you. It got you hurt. So Sting. When you're sitting at home trying to recuperate, I want you to think about this. this. When you come back, I guarantee I'm going to hurt you again. Now, Rick Flair, the nature boy, the new CEO. But when I look at you, I see an old son of a bitch. <laughs> Still trying to screw me on my world title because in the main event. But before you made that stipulation, you should have asked Goldberg first. Stipulation. Because in case you didn't see it, I gave Goldberg his worst defeat of his career, and he don't want no more of me. I proved to him that he was just a mere mortal against a genetic freak. That's right. That's right. Well, sit down, white trash. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I guess these... Uh, so, Ric Flair, I'm going to give you fair warning. Oh, fair warning. Oh. You crossed my path, and I don't have a problem with hurting you either. I think he's a lot calmer. Booker T, at Mayhem, I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to look at the whole world, and I'm going to say, Benny, Benny, Bucci. And I know none of these white trash know what it means. But at fall, at, at mayhem. Yeah, there's no fall brawls. I'm going to give you the same thing I gave Sting. I'm going to give you the worst defeat of your career. And I'm going to put you out of wrestling too. I didn't give you fair warning. Booker T. <laughs> you think about this. I am a man with the largest arms in the world. I am a genetic freak. Genetic if you freak. thought I punched your ass to Halloween Havoc, yeah, things that. are going to be worse because it's right. in a cage and there won't be anybody to save you. Hold on, did he say Halloween Havoc? Okay, He's talking about me. He's confused. I'm confused. This storyline's a building. Totally, they're all meshing. Your career is going to be in jeopardy, and I'm going to end your reign at 
is world champion. World champion. Buy white trash right now. Sit down. Get on your knees. Do them both. And pay homage yeah. to the next <laughs> world down. champion. Yeah. Is well, that is a frightening yeah. thought that this maniac would be the heavyweight champion of the world. Manny BBB. I. So now it's oh, we're going to the next video. Malfunction. Malfunction. Oh, YouTube. Wow. Okay. So I just want to say state a couple points that I think a lot of people heard. Three different pay-per-views were mentioned in that promo. Uh, Mayhem a couple times. Fall Brawl. And I believe he mentioned Halloween Havoc. Also, a lot of fair warning. A lot of fair warning. And Vidi Vidi Vici. <laughs> that <laughs> is... Vidi Vici. None of you white trash know what it means. In your Stipulation. E in your Ephonics handbook. <laughs> no. That was the most racist, stoned out, <laughs> drunk... That was their guy. That was who they were like, he's our guy. Like, that's what we're getting is like, the, okay, you're going was with Was he a heel, heel at this time or a face? No, the top, topest heel of the, the whole company. Just like made the big Papa Pump change and just went to, well, it was when he, he dismembered from uh, his, his brother, from the Steiner brothers and turned and went in the NWO. NWO and, and then he he left after that and went on his own and then made this whole big Papa Pump character. And then that's when that, the, the, the slew of promos, because I think it really just got entertaining for i don't think it was actually a thing where they were like oh we like this guy because he's gonna like really carry us it was actually like the biggest rib on scott steiner that i don't think he ever really realized was really going on or just like wow he's the most fumbling bumbling idiot ever people are gonna love this guy if we send him out and let him talk yeah. go <laughs> i think the, the ratings actually spiked while he was there because he was such a train wreck you just had to tune in people to just actually out. literally wanted to watch it was like watching the inception of uh broken matt hardy of just like you were you were either loving it like you were a guy that was like, yeah, that guy's hilarious. Or there was a lot of us that were just sitting back going, holy crap, I just wanted to hear what the hell this guy's got to say next because he's just such a fumbling, fumbling idiot. But for the most part, it's the, literally the back and forth of the, the way Hardy's it went sober. With, the, with, with, with Broken Matt Hardy. Of like, he's you sober. either loved it or it was like, wow, this is the, the worst thing that ever happened to wrestling. You know what? I, when I first watched that stuff, I was like, this is weird. And then I went back and watched it and really just lost myself in it for a second. I was like, you know what? I can appreciate it for what it is because it really is the one key factor that we all forget. Yeah. Wrestling entertainment. Yeah. It's entertaining. It's not, it's not, it's not a, into a it bunch of different sport. things that people had never they seen do before. athletic things. They are athletes. Yeah. But it's entertainment first. And it's, it is a male soap opera. Yeah. You watch wrestling, at least in these time periods, you had skin clad with them. With, with him. Oh, with him. <laughs> I cut a Steiner there. You had skin-clad women. You pulled a Steiner. You had, you know, guys that could just kick ass. You had guys going after the bosses. You had all the stuff that you wanted. You had grotesque amounts of violence. And it was a great time to be alive. Yeah. Now you have John Cena. Pretty Pebbles. <laughs> Nikki Bella. Is he going to marry her? Is he not going to marry her? Well, guys with I don't first give a and, shit. Well, straight up, guys with guys and girls with first and last names. Of like when that happened and the NWO happened and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall came around, everybody was very convinced after that, including Vince McMahon, that it's like, no, now it's time to actually go a little bit more reality based. But that also in terms of people's names of what we give them. And I and really started to pick up on that with the like the cruiserweights and the 205s. I'm like, okay, just stick this guy with the first and last name. That literally gives him his only identity. That's his sole identity. So therefore, uh, unless there's actually a character, a caricature about him and actually something more uh, to dive into and actually something emotionally attachable that can actually be, can, can be really created through a character that's being built in this respect for this particular person, there's no way that people are really going to gravitate to it the way that they did with those superhero-like characters that they really could Yeah, the larger-than-life characters were definitely more entertaining, but still nowadays we're coming into... I think I think with Broken Matt Hardy, or Woken Matt Hardy, whatever you want to call him, I think with that character coming out, Brother Nero's making appearances, yeah. you're starting to see uh, characters coming in. And I think it was actually not so much... I'm going to give the credit to Broken Matt Hardy. This may surprise you. I'm actually going to give the credit to Finn Balor because when he came on NXT, he was the most entertaining guy in the world because of the demon. And it wasn't so much how the demon was different. It's just when he had a title fight, the demon would come out and pay homage to whatever was in that area when they were in London. 
came out as Jack the Ripper. When they were in Texas, came out as Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So those were what I gravitated to because it was like, you know what, this character is great. And then, surprise, surprise, as soon as he hits main roster, we see the demon one time, bust his shoulder, and we haven't seen the demon since. Yeah, and then now he's walking in with the same Finn shirt, Ballard. same pants. It's, yeah, and that's just first just and last name. Finn Balor. That's it. Nothing else more yeah. to him and or more in-depth than that. And yeah. That's why, really, it's, it's very cool to see those kinds of characters like Woken Matt Hardy coming around and Brother Nero and these kinds of makeup characters and really like the, the the depth behind their character and how far they really dive into it as the counteraction to where it became just really because the, everybody has a first and last name, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, all these names that's a first and last name. It literally just became about, it had to become about the respect of the wrestling and the uh, the way that that worker really works in the ring as opposed to because which is the trade-off no right to go into back then we had the characters now yeah. we have the great wrestling we're getting back to the yes. 80s where the great wrestling is co- great wrestling is coming out and we're not so much just loving a character yeah i'm loving that they're putting both they're combining forces now where we had one and then we had the other and now we kind of have both put together yeah. it's very cool well i got to say though that's going to be a tough act to follow but i'll try i will try the voice is going to go last cuz uh the voice never really gets to finish off a show it's always you or me figure to trade off tonight unless you'd like to go now no 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 go ahead no 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 okay yeah, yeah. so i am setting up my best and my worst but i'm going to showcase my worst first okay. because my worst is secretly my best. Fair enough. This <laughs> fair enough. The setup Do for this, up. the setup for this is pretty much uh, the draft, the first brand split, if you will. And this gentleman gets I drafted. The last one was the first ever. Well, this is the new way <laughs> brand split. Well, that's what they told me. That's what WWE told me. The last one was advertising. the first. Fair warning. <laughs> no, stop! Oh my god! <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> and this man just got draft, drafted to SmackDown, and now we're going to hear... And was he shaking in his shoes? I think he might have been, but he was hyped up, he was excited. And now we're going to hear <laughs> what he's going to bring to the table as all this stuff, right? About what he's going to do in SmackDown. So this is this guy, and you may know him, but if you don't, I'm going to give you one word. Kalisto. Kalisto, the last time... You went at it alone. You became the United States champion. What can we expect from you on SmackDown Live? Well, hey, I'm here, like I said before, I'm here to shock the world. I'm ready. I'm ready to show the Lucha art inside and outside the ring. But first of all, I can't stop thinking about Baron Baron Corbin being on SmackDown. (laughs) I get to have my revenge. Is that a scare? Hey, like I said, I'm here to stay. Make Make a make a uh, a good good lucha lucha thing. God damn! Kalisto, <laughs> excited to be on SmackDown Live on Tuesday nights. Renee and the panel, we're gonna send it back to you. <laughs> it's the goddamn woo! Oh, Kalisto! How bad he bombed and Kalisto. Just you just made the list. <laughs> but what what was entertaining about that was not so much the good lucha thing was the buildup. I'm I'm excited about Baron. Baron Corbin, 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 be on, be on SmackDown Live so I can get my 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 revenge. I'm gonna go oh, out there. Kalisto, I'm gonna what show you gonna what do? Lucha is inside and outside the ring. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna do a good. What are you gonna do, Kalisto? A good Lucha thing. <laughs> yeah! God right. damn it! Woo! You know what, Kalisto? For all, I, and this guy has done some memorable moments. There was that awesome tag team ladder match with the Selena Del Sol off the top, which was epic. This guy could hold his own. He's recognized as a U.S. champion. Uh, you know, for a small cat, it was almost like a resurgence, if you will, of a Rey Mysterio type character. And he really did have his fantastic athleticism in the ring. And he's being able to showcase that more and more on 205 Live, which is fantastic. But I can see why he was moved to 205. And I can see, I can't see why he never just didn't not just didn't have a job after that. Like that's just insane. To well, me, obviously actually, he like, went out there and he did a good lucha thing. He really obviously <laughs> his lucha thing was good. Otherwise, he wouldn't be working there still. But he never cut a promo. Never pretty much cut a promo like that ever again. I think. Uh, I think the NXT promo classes kind of skipped him by. It's just I think they were more focused on how much the Luke Dragons were such a great team that they were okay with not he letting was them good, cut doing promos. a good lucha thing. Good so lucha they thing. didn't mind his speaking. It's just amazing because it's like okay, so you gotta go like talk to somebody before you go do that. You gotta go talk to somebody where they like go. They coach you through what you're gonna say. 
and he obviously like fumbled has fumbled more than once like that. Oh, well, there was about seven or eight fumbles in 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 his other promos before this. And people have had to have heard this before, but yet somehow went, yep, send him on TV, <laughs> let him go. And well, obviously he did a good Lucha thing and therefore was drafted 205. So there's really not much to showcase on that. There's no more in-depth reactions. Michelle, what are your thoughts on the good Lucha thing? I, I can't say anything more than what Kalisto has already said. Good Lucha I, thing? Yeah, I just... It's a good Lucha thing. I should have made that one of the hashtags for tonight. Good Lucha thing. I legit have no words. Yeah, there's not much you could say after that, for sure. I don't know why they didn't make that a, a Kalisto t-shirt. I don't know why that was not. A, I don't know how they didn't capitalize on that. Oh, man. Okay, and now for my best. My best. I am not going to say... Wait, wait, No, you know what? I was going to ask why this was your worst, but there's no actually why this was your well, worst. Well, there's, there's, there's the, no the, reason. Because I am big, as we know, I am big stickler on the perfection of the promo. <laughs> I could have went with what what everyone would already expected me to go to. It was Roman Reigns. And I went through it. But we've dissected that man enough, so I'm not going to bother bringing him up anymore because it's not worth any airtime. Which one would I you have the picked, same though? Thing. Roman Reigns? Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Can I say which one I was going to choose? Michelle, which one would you have picked? Roman Reigns and the Beanstalk. The, the promo that <laughs> yeah. <the> show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Roman Reigns had these magic beans. <laughs> that and, was oh like, my god, it was just that everything Jesus. for like eight minutes. I was straight. gonna go with where I knew he, he was horrible was when he um he had the hernia surgery and he couldn't continue the storyline with Seth Rollins. So they had him via satellite from the hospital, conveniently in a black drop, wearing a leather jacket, and his hair was wet. But he was in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes out and he's like, Seth. And he's, he's rubbing his hand, but you can't see him, so it just looks awkward. Yeah, so, like, that's the thing you're not seeing right now. It's just George is looking at me very much like the way that, like, he would be Roman Reigns would be looking at Seth Rollins and, like, rubbing and his hands just, like that. It was, just like, a, it was just a train wreck of, of stupidity. If you go back and you watch that Raw, don't. You're helping me understand that because I never watched that. I was in the middle of the whole section of the, that time period when I was like, you know what? This is Roman Reigns doing his thing right now, and... I'd, we just I'd got the network, so at that really point like we were this. trying to re reinvigorate ourselves into what was going on because we just got the WWE network. We were trying to see what it was all about, so we were watching Raw more and more. And I looked at my wife, and she said to me, "Big, he's got potential." And I looked at her, like I just saw my mother naked for the first time with complete and utter horror. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh my god, I should be seeing you like that. <laughs> the, the the landscape changed for me that day because I was like, how. You're more diehard than I am. And that's potential? Listen, if that's potential, I'm old yeller. Take me out behind the woodshed, pop two in my head. Because there's no way in hell that's potential. And it's just been an ever-loving train wreck from there. You mentioned the beanstalk. We can go back with the promo war that him and John Cena had. And that Cena whole time clearly won. Yeah, and the, and and the, another thing or whatever it was, it was the uh, then that that the second promo we did with Cena that was just he fell apart. It was amazing. Yeah, because you can't go up against a talker like that and expect to not be undershined. Cena will will beat you ten times out of ten. There's no nine times out of ten you're going to get one over on Cena because Cena's thinks on the fly, and that's what makes the best promo talkers. Stone Cold, The Rock, even you know what? Back in the day, he was crazy, but Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Macho Man I hate the cream of the crop promo But it's entertaining Throws out the little creamers He's got them going all on Mean Gene right. Those guys thought on the fly the kid, the, When they, him and Elizabeth got married Oh my god Blender Candlesticks <laughs> Those like, were great I felt times. like three of them thought on the fly at that time And then like all the rest of them thought on cocaine And it was great <laughs> yeah, it, it was It was It was the white dragon coming out to get you all over again But there was no point in going with that So I wanted to have fun with my worst promo and this was just something that stuck out to me. And we had talked about it. We've shot jokes about it all the time. I was like, you know what? If you guys are okay with it, I'm going to use Kalisto. Because it's absolutely worse. <laughs> I and, ain't mad at you. And listen, it, we're gonna, I'm going to end the show with this promo. This yes. promo is going to sing us out. I'm going to play this again. It's a good lucha thing. We'll have to end the show. It has to. Right. But now for my best. My best was a hard draw. But it kind of flows within the same storyline. Uh, actually, it starts off with the Helmsley, Helmsley McMahon regime, if you will. When Chris Jericho was going after Triple H uh, during that whole Hamlin's McMahon era, 
Things yeah, happened. When, when they gave Jericho the belt for five minutes. And then, and then they took it away. Yeah, Steph was still, the, Steph was still the women's champion at the time. Yeah, it was a big push for him. And Jericho then the other one. thanks Triple H to this day. Of just like, you're the guy who launched my career. And Stephanie McMahon also was the was the, the bitch that launched my career too. <laughs> yeah, and then there was another one that is during the evasion angle where Stephanie was the CEO of ECW. And she came out with Rhino. And that was just picturesque. It was really hard for me to choose. So I decided, you know what, because it's all Jericho and Stephanie McMahon, I'm going to go ahead and loop them together. So this is the first promo. I've already set this up to where it um, it comes down to two parts. So we got part number one and part number two. So this is from just, this is from July 10, 2000, Raw. This is just after the King of the Ring, where Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon shared that memorable kiss. And this is, Ooh, la, la. this is her coming out and saying, I want it again. <laughs> and this is Jericho's reaction to I Want It Again. Bro, let's make up. There he is. S- Stephanie, I'm absolutely ecstatic that you feel that way. I mean, I've been thinking about nothing but that wonderful, wonderful kiss. For the last two weeks, it's thrown my life absolutely upside down. To be honest, I've been waiting. I've been pining for the day when I get to taste the wine of your ruby-colored, rose-colored lips once again. I mean, I want to take... Your shapely, curvaceous, pulchritudinous female form. and squeeze for everything I've got. And now my dreams are coming true again. What the heck? Again. My heart is racing. My blood is pumping. And I'm coming out there. Provided I don't embarrass myself, I'm going to give you the biggest smooch you have ever, ever had in your entire life. I'm coming right out, Sugar Muffin. You wait right there for Sugar me. Muffin. Sugar Muffin, yeah. So this was then, at this point, Jericho's music hits, and DX is waiting for him. This is the reunited DX, the bad DX, the heel DX. They're waiting for him to ambush him. But it obviously doesn't go out, and it plays perfectly into this next segment. Seriously. That was the most pathetic attempt at an ambush I've ever seen in my entire life. Orchestrated by Triple H, the biggest jackass I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, that plan was as painfully obvious as the fact that Stephanie McMahon Helmsley is nothing more than a filthy, dirty, disgusting, brutal, skanky, bottom-feeding trash bag hoe and a reeking smelling stinking piece of roadkill oh no triple h i know why you're so miserable because you have to live with the fact that y2j got more action from a 10 second kiss with your wife than you've gotten from her in the entire 10 months that you've been together wow oh my gosh well that fully loaded trip if you want action y2j is going to give you all of the action you can handle jerky because now (laughs) you're still the game but I have become the hunter. <laughs> and that ensues with Triple H coming back at him, but still just ultimate class. This was a guy who was not supposed to be a guy. And this is a guy that took it, literally took the bull by the horns and ran with it. And this is actually when him and Triple H had real life backstage heat. There was backstage heat between the two of them because Jericho was an up and comer and Triple H just got the brass ring. He's not going to let it go. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Triple H fan. Everybody knows that I've never sugarcoated it. The bromance is thriving. But I got to give it to Jericho on these ones. He got them cold on these ones. And then my second one that literally is a tie for me is this is during the invasion angle. This is right after Jericho faced uh, Rhino and got guard. I believe it was either the week before on Raw. This one was August 13, 2001. And this one, I'm just going to kick it off with the Rhino insult. And then it's going to go into what is, I consider, the ultimate, the Stephanie McMahon burn. So strap up, kids. Get ready for this one. You know, I am still feeling the effects from that vicious gore last week. And you're right. I have never beaten Rhino. But at SummerSlam, I'm going to take care of that smelly... Greasy, nasty animal. And I'm gonna get you too, Rhino. <laughs> Here we go. That wasn't funny. 
You don't agree, Stephanie? Well, you did say that Rhino was going to get the job done. But looking at you standing in that ring right now, I'd say you're the expert when it comes to getting the job done. He's talking about her boobs, ladies and gentlemen. As a matter of fact, I have a little bit of video to show of my own. Let's take a look at a still of our little Stephanie from just last year. Flat like a circle. I don't get it. from just last week. Oh, come on. Look, it's Before and after is excellent. just goes on with Stephanie trying to rebunk it, but the video laid claim to the fact that she got a boob job. <laughs> and that that really was why the toss-up for me, but because I felt that this was like like you mentioned, he was getting the loudest pop at the time in so many catchphrases, but this little rivalry with her, not so much with Triple H, the heat with her yeah. was a staple for his entire career. It was what set the code. And he even mentioned it on when he had her on his podcast, he mentioned that if it wasn't for Vince agreeing and her going along with it to let that kind of be the showcase, it wouldn't have probably turned out the way it did. I still think he would have been a champion. I think it just would have taken a little bit longer. He just needed someone to really let the mic go. He needed someone to be able to really let that mic go, and he proved it in WCW. This is just a, a the, the, the WCW is just a precursor for all of this, and especially when you go back and. These classic promos. <coughs> and there's not very many people that can say that other than like the guys from the NWO that had classic promos from WCW. But Jer Chris Jericho was actually one of them. Where you would go back and watch like a thousand when he was in the Dean Malenko uh, feud. And he was doing a thousand and four holds and just you know, he's spouting out like every single hold he has. But then they go to so much because he has to go, they have to go to commercial break. And then when they come back, he's still <laughs> saying more names. And it's just like it was just it, it was genius of how much he was. He just let himself go and was able to take the reins on what a great promo actually is and what an entertaining promo is. And you got to see him actually hone in on that craft of how to craft the most entertaining promo that he had for the time that he had to work within. Yeah, and the same thing goes with what I spoke of earlier, thinking on the fly. Yeah. A lot of that stuff was probably a little bit of it was scripted. Most of it was on the fly. Yeah. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the boobies hit the floor. So, I mean... Yeah, from what I understand, that was just uh, inward working. There, were, uh, That was when it was no script, and you actually had the opportunity to really, like, let yourself... I think they had bullet points. You had bullet but points. it was just, you got to get here, here, and here. How you get here, here, and here, I don't really care about. Just exactly. get there, there, and there. And that, unfortunately, is the major problem with what people have such a problem with promos going on today, of having it all scripted for them. I know that's the standard, that's the way it is, but you just get a general better idea of when you let the person who is that character... You take the bullet points of whoever, Bruce Pritchard or whoever's the producer of that promo at the time, you take their bullet points and they would just tell them, we want you to hit this, 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 and this. But beyond that, here's your time and this is what you got. And they knew that they were going to be the guys right, that were going to have to handle that and give that to the crowd and make that as convincing. But you can see that there are there are guys that are still doing that, like The Miz. He's not scripted. He just gets bullet points. Yeah, Seth Rollins is becoming, with those guys. becoming very unscripted now. He gets bullet points. But you can tell when the guys are, are scripted because they're uncomfortable. Yeah. You can and tell the guys, guys that really need guidance. And that's why, that's why I guess I have not latched on to Finn Balor. 
I have not bought into him because he always seems uncomfortable. Yeah. He always seems uncomfortable. AJ Styles always seems uncomfortable because it's not AJ Styles. It's the producer writing for AJ Styles. Exactly. Shinsuke never really bought the heel. Woken Matt Hardy, that's unscripted. We know Brother Nero is obviously unscripted as well. They know the character better than any producer would. Yeah. So it should it should still it should go back to the old ways. If here's the bullet points, get me there. So I agree with you, but I don't think most people. See that. Unfortunately, because of the WWE factory that it is today, most people can't handle that anymore, and it's really unfortunate. Unless you're talking that rare few that actually can, and then it's awesome to see them get to go out there with just their bullet points and talk like themselves. Michelle, what is your your best or worst? Which one do you want to start with? Uh, I'll, I can start with my best. Um, okay, hold on. So, I don't have as much information leading up to as, like, you guys. Cause well, there wasn't much did. information for me. Steve <laughs> said the tone. There was no much I'm information. Like, he also stole my hosting job because it's supposed to be me asking you what your best and worst are. And for that... We're all on the list today. <laughs> you know what? That's right. You, you just, just made, made the list. list. Hashtag, oh, you know what? Just hashtag host for five seconds tonight. Ever. That's all. No, I won't. I won't do it. I won't do it. Hashtag host for five seconds. That's all I'm saying. I didn't. I wasn't trying to steal your thunder. I just, it was just a question. I'm just fucking with you. Just a question. That's just, all. Michelle, what's your best and worst? <laughs> 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 all right. So you know what? Don't worry about building up the history. Okay. Just go into cool. whatever you got. Okay. So what I do have for my best one is, uh, I won't tell you who who's in the promo, but it's from a Raw front of an aired, sorry, October 30th, 2000. Uh, super great back and forth, so I think you should just go ahead and play it, and then we can totally just get into it. Alright, here's the voice's best. Hold on one second, Mitchell Cole. This is not an interesting situation. <laughs> Mitchell this Cole. is Raw! Is Jericho! And what that means is... Finally! The Rock has come back to Boston. Don't get him, Rock. <laughs> you know, The Rock says that tonight's the night. Uh-oh. The Jericho for the steal. give a Brahma Bull's ass what The Rock <laughs> has to say. You with your unibrow and your just bring it. Bring what? A vomit bag? A Fig Newton? <laughs> How about a Y2J telling you to shut the hell this is all that matters is tonight. Y2J will become the number one contender for the WWE. So let The Rock understand this. Y2J, tonight, you actually think that you're going to become the number one contender for the WWE title? Not just think. I... It doesn't matter what you think! <laughs> the best part is Cole's face when he's turning around the and he's trying not to bust the laugh. No, 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 the only thing that matters is that I've tasted the championship, and I know what it tastes like, and I love it, yeah. and I want it again. And the only thing that matters is that the coffee-fearing cane is not in this arena to spoil my chances. And the only thing that matters more than anything else is the fact that every single Jericho-holic in this arena and watching at home wants to see the WWE championship around my waist again. If you smell what? What Y2J? Then doing the rock hand moves with his face and like stuff. Oh my gosh! Stare down. Smell what Y2J is cooking? You ask The Rock to smell what you're cooking? Well, let's just say, for argument's sake, that The Rock does indeed smell what you're cooking. Because The Rock will try anything one time. So here it goes. He's smelling. I think I'd practice smelling. The Rock's smelling. If you just look at Michael Cole's face, he wants to just... Indeed, The Rock does smell what you're cooking. And quite frankly, Chris Jericho, what you're cooking smells like 100% grade A, money back guarantee, one big bucket of Canadian moose. <laughs> 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 
Definitely, a, that was definitely needed to be up there for a, well done. I well forgot done. about that one. Well done. Putting the yeah. two catchphrase kings together yeah. and letting them go, and I like it. I I can't even imagine what it must have been like to be the producer of that promo. Just uh, like oh it's my too god, bad the listeners so at home fun. couldn't see Cole's face because he cracked a few times. Oh my god, yeah, he wanted to like piss his pants. Oh yeah, it was great. You know what makes that one the best though? Really is is that uh, like you said the catchphrase king. But what made it even more entertaining? So they stole each other's catchphrase. Yeah, that was And they note. did it better than, than the, the original. Yeah. That's what made it entertaining. <laughs> Jericho can never hold an ever as long as the Rock yeah. did. <laughs> okay? And <laughs> that was when Rock was going, like, really high. Like, when he, if you smash. Yeah. Like, when he would just hit that shit, man, it, would be, it was the highest, some of the highest notes that he could possibly get out of that voice. It was crazy. Well, how can we, how can we, how can you top that? I mean, entertainment value is coming, but I mean, that was, that's definitely, I, I dare nay I say, I think we all pick some pretty entertaining promos for our best ones, our worst ones, you know, Scott Steiner, I don't know what the hell was going on there, the Listo <laughs> and the Lucha thing, definitely a wow, but can you top those with this worst pick? Well, the title of this video on YouTube is called, um, sorry, one second, another quote unquote normal Scott Steiner promo <laughs> still hates fat asses. So, <laughs> and this is during a time when there was a lot of fat asses in the South because all WCW did tour was the South. Yeah. They were not yeah, really a true. North promotion. They were right straight up in the South and them South women oh, back in the day. You. <laughs> I remember seeing some big ladies in the front row being like, I do not want to meet her in a dark alley. No. You know what? I just think this is really you awesome because you get a chance between. Um, you're right. The rape whistle <laughs> is definitely needed. Um, Maya Jackson is probably from there, right? <laughs> you know what? This, this is really great because now you're going to get a chance to actually see Scott Steiner um, in the beginning of his career. You got to hear Scott Steiner first of all as Big Papa Pump. So this is like the end of like when so there's the beginning oh, and okay. the end of when Scott's career was already like, over. That was just fumes at that point. I yeah, think. It, right. It was yeah. just that that that, that was, just was blanks. A whole Can we talk about how long the mullet is though. The mullets yeah. in this video wow. are unreal. Um <laughs> Just a quick note, the first 25 to 30 seconds in the beginning, um, it's kind of okay, and then it just goes downhill. Just a nosedive. So yeah. in this clip, just to let everybody know what we got set up, we got the Steiner Brothers. Yes, and the Nasty Boys. And the Nasty Boys, and we got good old Mean Gene! <laughs> Alright, here we go. Mean this Gene is, is terrified by the end of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the voice of reasons, worst of the worst. Hashtag... Still hating them fat asses. <laughs> the confines of the locker room here, I'm joined by the Nasty Boys, along with the Steiner Brothers. Later on in this show tonight, they're going to be locking up the winners, by the way, on August the 10th, the next WCW pay-per-view, Hog Wild. One of these teams will be meeting the Harlem Heat for the WCW tag team title, Scott. You know Hell me, team. Gene? I can't agree with the way Harlem Heat won the belts or how they beat us last week when Colonel Park led my brother in the head with a cane. But if we had to race the Nasty Boys tonight to see who 
Hey, shut up, fat I can't say I like the way you guys act. I can't say I agree the way you guys look. But I do respect your wrestling ability. You guys have been kidding me before. So have we. Tonight, we're going to see who the better team is. Hey, hey. I don't care, and knobs don't care, about your stinking problems with the Harlem Heat. All I care about is me and knobs winning that match tonight, and who's going to get that title shot. You've been down Nasty Boulevard before. You walked it. You know what it's about. I know you can fight, and we ain't backing down. That ain't an interview out there. It's Nastyville. Hope you're ready, punk. Yeah, keep talking. I'm not here. I don't that. think it's Nastyville. Come down to the dog pile and get down where it gets real nasty, boy. You see, my nose is to the ground. I smell them. I smell the heat. I'm coming after you, boys. Hey. I got you. Nasty boys, you're getting away. It's just something ain't going to be personal. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is what Rick Steiner needs subtitles. In for one hell of a match. Because us guys getting together, it's going to be 4th of July all over again. Thank you, gentlemen. These four men are going to be meeting later on here. When WCW Monday Nitro continues on TNT. Okay, so that, that promo... Okay, I'm just going to say this. The Nasty Boys saved that promo. They cut fantastic work. You've been down Nasty Boulevard before. You know what it's yeah, about. Yeah. That was great. And then they handed, and then they and handed then the mic back to the Steiners. And then Sags handed the... The, the mic back over to knobs and the promo was supposed to end and you could tell that it was that was when he was like it's gonna be like the fourth of july because he was literally trying to figure out the last line but then carried on with more and then gene's trying to finish and it's just it's so and funny Rick steiner's barking yeah and scott steiner's rubbing his head and what, gene is what, between what them trying to wiggle out i smell i smell the heat what are you saying i get it i don't get it and then you're like, I, come to the jog pound when it gets real nasty. Like, is that supposed to be like a rape reference? Oh, I, <laughs> that was literally the point. I don't know. I don't know. That was literally the point. A lot of Rick Steiner needed know. subtitles during that, during that period. Um, so would you say Scott was the stronger speaker? <laughs> of the two? <laughs> I think Gene Oakland was the stronger speaker. <laughs> hey, the you know what, though? The Nasty Boys, okay, yes, despite the 4th of July debacle, I'm going to give that one to the Nasty Boys. I'm definitely they did save it. They did save it. They, the, they the saved Steiner it for what it could have been a lot worse. The Steiner Brothers were just, like, completely, like, incoherent. And that was when that was when uh, the Dream was running WCW, right? I believe so. So do you think he was behind the camera going... Oh, good lord. Whoever was behind that Yeah, oh, whoever it was behind that camera. Oh, why must do we hire back like... these Steiner Brothers, baby? I don't know why we hired them damn Steiner Brothers back, baby. I why why do we even bother? Who the hell do I gotta yell at, baby? <laughs> oh my god. So that's it. That's the best. That's the worst. That's literally the worst that we just watched. <laughs> so I think I don't know. I think that I think we all picked some solid work. I think hey, there's a lot of work good. done. I it was think, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, and I think we actually like got the idea of really just like what is a great promo? What is actually like really like top greatness of what you what should one expect when they're watching a promo or listen or watching a promo, listening to a promo. Um oh, you're and watching, really, yeah. Yeah. also watching wrong. all of the yeah, with rock and the mannerisms and you know, all these little these little things that these top guys do to just set themselves apart and make themselves um, yeah, the, the hand rubs <laughs> the, the, to set themselves apart and really and really make that solid promo really stick out to people. That makes it that memorable. That like twenty years later, you're going back to it and being like, "Man, I feel just as awesome as I did when I was sitting there when I was I was sitting there with my Austin three sixteen shirt and just cheering them on back then and and being the biggest Austin three sixteen fan in the whole world." And just the same goosebumps came back on those as much as just what it is to be the worst talker ever and have no idea and no direction and no idea and, and nothing is going on up there but just worry and you can hear it and the trembliness of the voice and the crack of the words and what no you confidence. meant to say and then no confidence, confidence. That's no what it comes confidence down whatsoever and we really sifted through I think both of those ideals of what a promo actually really is yep and uh you know I'm always a fan of seeing Stephanie McMahon get embarrassed so that's always entertaining for me <laughs> always entertaining to see McMahon get embarrassed let the boobies hit the floor Alright, well that's it. Episode 44 in the books, in the can. We're finished. We're done. I am your host of the most, George Mackay. Steve the Animal Mitchell. Have an awesome night, everyone.
I'm Michelle LaRusso, the voice of reason. Good night. And ladies and gentlemen, let Kalisto take you home. Kalisto, the last time you went at it alone, you became the United States champion. What can we expect from you on SmackDown Live? Well, hey, I'm here, like I said before, I'm here to shock the world. What are you I'm here ready. to do? I'm ready to show Lucha art inside and outside the ring. What are you but here to do? First of all, I can't stop thinking about Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin being Corin, on SmackDown. Baron Corbin. I get to have my revenge. Is that okay? What else hey, are you going to do? Like I said, I'm here to stay. Make make a, make a, uh, a good, good a lucha, lucha thing. Today, Junior. Kalisto. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Catch us every Wednesday at 7.30 on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk.